back to the series that we're doing on the power of our words. And last time I talked about how we can use our words to bless people and, and build them up, or we can use them to curse others and destroy them, and how we kind of curse ourselves as well when we're cursing other people. And today I kind of want to move into talking about this area of cursing that most people probably wouldn't even categorize as cursing because it's not as vocal as what we would usually describe as cursing someone or wishing destruction on someone or trying to tear their lives apart. Usually when we think of those things, we think of a very vocal attack against someone. But I want to talk about this more subtle cursing of complaining. Because complaining holds just as much of the power of death in it than any other kind of cursing. So to guide our discussion on this topic, let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and begin reading at verse 12. Paul writing this, he says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky, as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. So here we see essentially Paul giving this instruction to do things without complaining. And, and let's look at how he sets this up as well. That this comes on the heels of him talking about obeying not only in his presence, but mu how much more in his absence. That they are being faithful to God, not only when he is there, but also when he is not there. Which ties back to what we talked about at the beginning of this series, about how everything that we speak is coming from our hearts. And that's really where the change needs to take place. And really our words are just indicators of what's taking place in our heart. And so he's pointing out that what he's talking about here isn't just going to be about outward things, but also things beneath the surface as well. It's not just what we're portraying outward to the world, right? Not just when the supervisor walks by, but how are we acting when it's just us? How are we acting when we're alone, when there isn't anyone there holding us accountable? Are we still acting in good faith? And so this is going to apply to our complaining as well, that it's not just are we complaining outwardly, are we complaining in the things that we say, but what's the condition of our heart look like, and is there a complaining heart that we are wrestling with? And then he goes on to point out about how God wants to do a work in us. So if we're going to come out of this place of complaining that it's not going to be through our own effort, it's going to be by allowing God to do the work that he already wants to do in us. And we're simply giving him permission 
to do that work in us and cooperating with him on our part of it, right? Our responsibilities in this relationship to do what we need to do to help him do his work. So that lays the groundwork as we come into this instruction to do things without grumbling or arguing. Or if you like the King James Version and often read that, it uses the words murmuring and disputing. So the instruction is to do things without grumbling and murmuring and also without arguing and disputing. So if I'm thinking about grumbling or murmuring, those are things that are usually kind of under someone's breath. They aren't saying it very loud, right? You're kind of grumbling to yourself, I'm so upset, I can't believe this thing's happening. And murmuring, you're telling other people, but can you believe that they did this? Or can you believe that that happened, right? It's, it's not really an outward thing. It's more of just to oneself or maybe to the person next to them. But it's kind of under our breath. And arguing and disputing, those are things that come against solutions that somebody else is proposing. And we're saying, well, what about this? Or what about that? And it's not really providing any new solution in and of itself. It's just picking apart someone else's solution. So in this instruction, Paul is addressing speech that's under our breath and doesn't provide solutions. And that's essentially what complaining boils down to. Criticism without an effort to change anything. Complaining is picking something apart, right? Criticizing it, but not really doing anything to change it. Not really addressing the problem. Just kind of criticizing it to yourself or to the person next to you. So then the question needs to be asked, is that the way that we react to things that bother us? Are those the things that we say? whether we're saying them out loud or just in our heart, are we looking to provide solutions? Are we speaking out to address an issue? Or are we just criticizing it, but not really making any actual effort to change anything? We're just complaining about it. Let me ask the question this way. When something bothers you, and there will always be things that bother us, but when something bothers you, which of these illustrations is a closer match to the way that you react? So when something bothers you, do you act more like a car stuck in the mud, spinning its wheels and not going anywhere, but splashing mud all over the place? Or do you react more like submitting a repair request form? saying that I've encountered this problem and I'm making you aware of this issue so that it can be fixed and going to somebody that has the expertise to fix the problem that you're dealing with. Which of those two scenarios more closely resembles your reaction? Do you react in a way that doesn't really go anywhere, but it just kind of throws mud around, flinging it all over the place? Just making everything messier without making any progress at all? Or do you address the issue in a way where you are calling for assistance so that it can be solved? 
again, there will always be things that bother us. But how do we react to them? Do we complain about it, or do we address it? And if we're going to address it, we want to make sure that we address it the right way. And that we ask God how he wants us to address the thing that is bothering us. And sometimes the way that God wants to address something bothering us isn't by doing a work in the thing that bothers us. Sometimes it's doing a work in our heart because what, what's bothering us may be part of what God is trying to do. And we need to let God realign our perspective to more closely resemble his perspective, which is not an easy thing to do. And of course, sometimes it bothers God too, and he's calling us to work with him to do something about that, rather than just complaining about it. And so we invite God into the process and let him guide us into how to address the issue rather than just criticizing it without making any effort to change it. And when we are able to do that, then Paul describes us as being like stars shining out in the sky. And that dark void being that bright light that can guide other people, rather than being consumed by that darkness, because that's really the alternative to this. If you're not going to let God show you how to address the things that bother you, then those things are just going to remain there, and it will just be this dark spot in your life and in your heart. So you're either going to work with God to address that darkness, or you are simply going to sit in that darkness and be consumed by it. And the sad thing is that a lot of us like that alternative. We like the idea of rather than shining out in that darkness, rather than addressing issues that bother us, to just kind of pass it on to the next person and let somebody else deal with it, but still complain that it's happening or criticize what other people are doing in that situation. But we can become comfortable in that, which is a scary thing when our complaining becomes a place of comfort. It's something that's familiar to us. We're used to it. We know how to react in that situation. And again, it requires no effort on our part. And boy, do we like it when things don't require effort on our part. And sometimes we're way more comfortable just sitting in that darkness than making an effort. And a great indicator of that is seeing how we react to a solution being brought into that situation? And do we rejoice in the solution, or do we complain that it didn't go the way that we wanted it to go, or just move on to the next thing to complain about? If we're in that cycle of complaining, that shows that we become comfortable there. And we never make an effort to address the things that bother us, because it's so much easier to just sit and complain about it. And the longer we stay in that place, the more of God's help we are going to need to get out of it. It's just like having your arm in a sling or a cast for long periods of time. 
Now, if the arm is hurt, of course, give it some rest, give it some time to recover. But what would happen if you put a healthy arm in a sling and left it there for weeks or months or years? Eventually, that arm is going to become weak. It's not going to be able to accomplish the things that it once was able to do. It's going to require more effort to do any task at all because it gets used to sitting where it's comfortable and eventually becomes useless. And sometimes when something hurts our spirit, hurts our feelings, offends us, we rush away to our sling where we're comfortable and we just sit in there and complain about this thing that hurt us. We just sit there and complain and we don't do anything to address the issue. We just sit there and complain and criticize and make no effort to change it. We sit there and we ruminate. Now there's nothing wrong with getting help or healing when you need it, but God isn't calling us to sit in darkness. He's not calling us to ruminate and complain. He's calling us to be a light, to join him in his good work, to make the effort to address the things that he wants to change in our hearts, in our lives, and in our world. And he's calling us to join him in that work of sharing his truth that will be a light to all people. So rather than just sitting in our sling and ruminating and complaining about the way things are, we need to illuminate rather than ruminate. We need to go out and address the things that need to be addressed and let God guide our efforts into fixing what is broken. That's exactly what Paul did with the Philippian church that he went in and brought them the truth that he needed, and look at how he talks about that experience. How he is glad and rejoices in the faith that they have as a result of that work. And he calls them, join me in this work. Be glad and rejoice with me as we go out together and shine like stars in this dark world. This is a joyous work that we are doing. And again, that's the alternative to sitting in darkness, is to going out and working with people to solve these issues, working with God to fix what is broken, and that out of those things being addressed, out of light coming into that darkness, out of what is broken being fixed, what is hurt becoming healed, as we do those things, then we can rejoice from what is being accomplished. And especially when we're working with other people alongside them to solve things together, those are also the people that will rejoice with you when the work is complete. But again, it requires us making that effort to participate in that work. And if we stay back and just complain about what's wrong, complain about what bothers us, that attitude of complaining will disconnect us from that joyous work. And we sit there and wonder, why am I so depressed? Why am I so angry? 
Where is my joy? Where is my peace? It's because you've allowed yourself to be disconnected from that effort and that work that is going to bring you joy, just as it brings our Father in Heaven joy. You are disconnecting yourself from that joyous work. Even if the work isn't perfect, even if you don't get it right the first time, there is still joy that is found in that effort that is made. And you know what? The more experience you get dealing with that issue, the better you're going to be at addressing it later on. And let me share with you something that I've come to discover. The people who complain about how a problem is being addressed and how maybe it's not being addressed the right way or it's not being solved good enough, the people who complain about those things are the ones who aren't doing them. People love to complain about how things are done when they're not the ones doing them, when somebody else is doing it, but they didn't do it up to my standards, therefore I'm going to complain about it. And you have people who are not participating in the effort of addressing an issue, sitting back and complaining not only about the issue itself, but also complaining about how it's being addressed. Because that's not the way that they would do it. Or maybe it still somehow inconveniences them in the process of that thing being solved. Have you ever thought about what a silly thing it is when we complain about road construction? There could be a pothole in the road, and we'll complain about the pothole. And then the next day, there can be people out there filling that pothole, and you know what we'll, what we'll do? We'll complain about there being road work. And now we're inconvenienced, and oh, now this two-lane road is a one-lane road, and I'm 30 seconds later to work, and I'm going to complain about that now. It's ridiculous. We're complaining about... Problems being solved that are problems that we've complained about before. Maybe this intersection is too small and so it's crowded all the time. Traffic's always backed up. I wish this intersection was bigger and, oh, now it's going to be closed for a month as they make it bigger? I'm going to complain about that now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. We complain about the problem and then we also complain about the problem being fixed. And we do that all the time, even though we're not the ones fixing it. We're not the ones doing that work. But because it's a mild inconvenience to us, or the final, pro the, the final product doesn't look exactly like what we wanted it to look like, we complain about it anyways. You know who's not complaining about it? The worker who just finished that job. Who's able to sit back and look at the work that he's done, and say, yeah, I did that, it was a problem, and I fixed it. It may not be perfect, it may not please everybody, but I did that. Now this is just the physical. Should we take it to the spiritual? How often have you complained about the state of the modern church? And do you volunteer at any church? Do you complain about how other Christians act 
but hide the fact that you are one because you don't want to be criticized? Do you complain about the worship music when you don't wake up early for worship practice? Do you complain about the preaching when you've never volunteered to speak? Do you complain about the greeters, the building, the people that are there without volunteering at all? Or maybe because you volunteer in one ministry of the church, you feel like that gives you the right to say how every other ministry should be conducted. You see, I'm showing you how this teaching is supposed to look in your life. Is your life holding up to biblical standard? Are you complaining? Are you criticizing without making any effort to change? Are you addressing problems? Because if you're not addressing that problem in real ways, not just complaining about it, right? Not just grumbling and murmuring and disputing and arguing. Are you making an actual effort to change that thing? Or are you just criticizing it? Because we should not complain about work that we refuse to do not being done the way we like it. Rather than cursing others for the work that they do, we need to be building them up. We should be encouraging them. If there is an actual issue, not just something that bothers us, not just something that we don't like, if there's an actual issue, yes, we address it, and Scripture teaches us how to address it. But to complain about it, to murmur to others, to gossip, to badmouth, even if it's just in our own heart, that is not how God calls us to live. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Don't be a murmurer. Don't dispute things without offering any solutions. Otherwise, we're just sitting in that darkness rather than participating in that joyous work. So I want to leave you today with this question. What joyous work is God calling you into? What work is he calling for you to participate with him in? And here's the thing. It probably will be in an area where something bothers you. That's a great indicator that you care about that thing. You care about it being done correctly. You have a heart for that. God will probably call you into that area where there is something that bothers you. But rather than sitting back and complaining about it, hear his call to work in that area with him. And that'll be difficult if we've been sitting in the comfort of our arm sling for a long time. When we've been too busy coddling our spirit and our feelings, rather than making any actual effort, without doing any actual work. But if you do heed that call, if you do follow where God is calling you into and participate in that work with all the effort it requires, especially when you don't feel like it, the reward that comes through the end of it is joy. And God will bless you because of it. Participate in his work. Don't just complain 
about others. That's today's sermon in the pocket, and I pray that you take it to heart. And if you have any comments or questions for me, reach out to me. You can reach me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, and you can also email me at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. I'd love to get in touch with you, hear any comments you have, and answer any questions that you have. And I also encourage you, wherever you're listening to this, like this episode, rate it, share it, all of those things that help it get boosted in the algorithm so that it can reach more people, so that we can all together walk in the path that God is calling us to. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen. And I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.